tax code favors business owners, entrepreneurs, and even investors. You should be, you should start a business on the side because one, we know that business ownership is a way for you to be able to increase your generational wealth. So that's the goal at the end of the day. If you're, you're technically in business, if you're in the pursuit of profit, if you're in the top methods to reduce your taxable income in 2022 and the loopholes you needed to start using yesterday. My name is Kenna Daniel. I'm the founder of the Investiva movement and a five-time author here to help you take control of your financial future. And my guest today is Michelle Balgren, award-winning CPA and a best-selling author with over 200,000 followers on Instagram, who's going to talk about the best tax practices in 2022 so you don't have to pay more than your fair share. Now, let's go say hi to Michelle. excited to have you here on the Investiva movement to talk about taxes, specifically ways to reduce your taxable income in 2022. How are you doing today, Michelle? I'm amazing. How are you? I am doing well. I am super excited for you on your new baby girl to be born yeah. <laughs> in 2022. So can you tell us a little bit about your background and also let's cut to the chase on what are the most important things that people need to know about their taxes and how to reduce them in 2022. Yes. So hello, everyone. My name is Michelle Valverne, aka Money Making Mitch. I am a CPA. For those of you who don't know, that stands for Certified Party Animal. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That stands <laughs> for Certified Public Accountant. I'm a tax strategist, award-winning author. Basically, what I help people do is to save $10,000 to $100,000 in taxes legally and ethically using what I call the CPA success system. So, you know, been in the industry for over 10 years now, working with all different types of individuals, investors, entrepreneurs, business owners. And really what I want to help people do is be able to understand the tax code in the way that they'll be able to use the information, implement it, and really de demystify some of the misconceptions out there as it relates to, to taxes. So good. So should everybody be paying their taxes? That was my first question. Like, or should we just constantly be looking for loopholes? <laughs> That's a great question. So yes. So basically, the this is the thing about taxes, right? So people generally have an issue with taxes, and um, and you probably could appreciate this. And you may have heard something like this from our mentor before, but you know, as it relates to to all these expenses in our life, we pay for all these things. We pay for our house, our mortgage, all these different things, student loans, etc. But when we really look at it, you know, taxes are li is literally our largest expense, right? When you make money, you pay income tax. When you buy something, you pay sales tax. When you buy property, you pay property tax. When you sell the property for more than what you pay for, you pay capital gains tax. When you die, right, someone could be potentially paying estate tax. But if you add up all those taxes without a proper plan, without proper guidance, you could probably, that probably takes over 50% of your income. But even bigger than that, believe it or not, is another tax out there. And I call that the ignorance tax, right? Oh, yes. We ignorance are familiar tax. with that one. <laughs> yeah, ignorance tax. That's the tax that you pay by not understanding the tax code, by not having a proactive plan to save money on taxes. So if you are able to get information, the right information about taxes to learn how to legally and ethically pay taxes, then you could be able to reduce your taxable income. So to answer, going back to your first question, so as far as being able to pay zero taxes, there are people who, who do it. I generally don't 
promote zero zero taxes, right? Because at the end of the day, um, you know, taxes are used as a way for the government to be able to provide for the public good, et cetera. Um, but with a proper plan, you can do it legally and ethically, right? Because there's two concepts as it relates to reducing taxes. You have what's called tax avoidance and you have tax evasion, right? Mm. Tax evasion is when you are basically underreporting how much money you made or overstating how much money you spent. Tax, uh, tax avoidance, that's legal and ethical. And there's ways to create your business, your life in such a way to be able to either pay zero or little to no taxes as it relates. And one of the biggest things that you can do is understand that the tax code favors business owners, entrepreneurs, and even investors. And the reason why that is is because the government sees that, sees those individuals as people who are going to provide opportunities for other people. They increase the economy. They help spread money around, circulate money. They hire people, business owners particularly. They provide services. They provide products, which obviously costs money. And as far as on the investment side, you know, as an investor, you're contributing, giving money and capital to these companies so they can become bigger and bigger. Same thing with real estate, right? You're buying real estate, you're buying properties, so you're providing housing for people. So as it relates to, to understanding and saving money on taxes, being on that business owner investor side is going to be your best bet. Amazing. So we are definitely going to have another segment with you to talk about specifically how investors can reduce their taxes and how entrepreneurs can reduce their taxes. You probably can see it over here in the cards in the YouTube channel, but right now, and so we, what I heard was that, so the government favors business owner and investors. So would you recommend to somebody with a nine to five job to just create a business just for the sake of reducing their taxable income? Yeah, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't phrase it that way. I would, I would phrase it as you should be, you should start a business on the side because one, we know that business ownership is a way for you to be able to increase your generational wealth. So that's the goal at the end of the day is to be able to pass down the wealth that we've been able to create and you can't pass down your job, right? If you pass, you can't just say, hey, here's my job that I used to work at for 20, 30 years, right? <laughs> so you want to be able to, you want to be able to create that business to be able to, to be able to create additional source of income. And then the benefit of having that business is now you're able to take advantage of more things as it relates to taxes. So for instance, some people now are working out of their houses, out of their homes because of the pandemic, because of the quarantine, right? As a nine to fiver, that's typically not something that you're able to duck your home office the space. I'm in my home office, I'm in the room, you're, you're, you're probably in your home office right now. As a nine to five, you're not able to deduct that. But as a business owner, right, if your business is profitable, then you're able to be able to deduct some of the living expenses, portion of your living expenses based on the square footage of your home. So that's one of the benefits. And then again, you're providing those products and services. And really to be a business owner, it's not that complicated. When people, a lot of times when nine to fivers hear about business, they think, yo, I have to be like Facebook or uh, Amazon or these big multi-billion trillion dollar companies but you could literally start with something as simple as maybe selling, selling books out of your house. Maybe, maybe you're good at doing some kind of craft or something that you're already doing for free for yourself. Maybe you can create that into a business, into a service where you're able to provide products and services. So yes. I or even that. becoming an affiliate marketer for other businesses if you don't have any products of your own, right? Absolutely. Affiliate marketing, that's automatically going to put you in the category as a business owner because the IRS defines being a business owner as you're, you're technically in business if you're in the pursuit of profit. If you're in the pursuit, if you are looking to legitimately create a profit in your business, 
then you are able, then you're considered a business owner. You don't need an LLC to become a business owner. It's good. It's best practice, but you don't necessarily need an LLC, a corporation. The very moment you decide, hey, I'm going to make profit in my business, you start promoting and selling your services and you're able to deduct it. And the way it benefits nine to fivers is if that business operates at a loss, that loss could then be applied to that W-2 income, that, that income that they made from their nine to five, so that could reduce their taxable liability and they could potentially get a refund. Okay, let me actually clarify this. So you said we don't even need an LLC in order to become a business owner and benefit from the tax code. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. So you don't even need an EIN? You don't even need an EIN. All right, that is very, very good to know because um, then, then how would you file for taxes on your W-2? Nope. So you would basically, so when you go ahead and file, let's say for instance, you do it that way, right? No EIN, no LLC, your default tax, uh, tax entity is going to be considered a sole proprietorship. Now you can report your sole proprietorship on what's called a schedule C when you do your taxes. Now on the, on the schedule C, you're able to use your social security number. Again, that's not best practice, but I, I'm letting people know that's an option because a lot of people think that I need to get the LLC. I need to get the AM before I'm able to be able to deduct. Like there's people last year, um, Keanu, who operated a business. They don't have an LLC. They don't have an EIN, but they still qualify for deductions. And because they don't have all that stuff in place, they think they're not able to take advantage of the benefits for being a business owner. So the benefits just really quickly, just to, just so the people understand the LLC, the benefit of having an LLC, the LLC is a legal entity. LLC stands for limited liability company. So that provides you legal protection in the event that your business gets sued. So they can't come after your person. Essentially, if you maintain what's called the corporate veil, they can't come after your personal assets, your house, your car, your bank account, those kind of things. That gives you legal protection. The EIN, there's a couple of benefits with the EIN. The EIN allows you to open up a business bank account. It allows you to be able to qualify for business credit. It allows you to provide some privacy as relates to your, your social security number because your social security number or your EIN is what's going to be used when you're doing business. So that's the benefits of those, but it's not from the IRS perspective, it's not a requirement in order to be considered a business owner. That is absolutely fascinating to know. And is there like, you said that if the business is negative, it's if your expenses is higher than what you bring in, you still qualify for the tax deductions. In fact, you can kind of push that negativity to your towards the the any money that you made in your nine to five job right exactly so offsets it so let's say that and let's say you you end up owing um from your w-2 job maybe you didn't contribute and do do enough withholdings then that lost because the schedule c and the sole proprietorship is what's called a pass-through entity so a pass-through entity is then going to be that means the essentially means the profit or loss is going to pass through to your personal tax return. So mo majority of the tax entities are passed through except for a corporation. It's its own tax bracket, it's its own tax situation. But for an LLC, so tax as a sole proprietorship or sole proprietorship, those losses, those profits can then be applied. But one caveat too, to understand too. So yes, you could have the losses, but the IRS also understands that they don't want people having the losses forever, right, <laughs> to, to, to eternity. So basically, one of the things that they put in place is what's called the hobby loss rule, meaning that your business should not be showing a loss for more than three out of the five years that you're in, in, in business. So 
as soon as you can, you want to make sure you turn over a profit, show you're profitable, or the IRS could potentially come back and say, hey, this is not a real business. This is a, this is a, a hobby, right? Because mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't be able, you, can, you don't have the same benefits as a hobby as you do as a business, even though they might look a little bit the same, but you want to make sure that you're living legitimately in the, in the pursuit of profit. You want to be profitable. Right. Super cool. So is it fair to say that the first way to reduce your taxable income is to create a business or decide that you're a business owner? So that's just making the decision that you are a business owner. Yes, that's, right? that's one, one important thing for you to consider. As if let's say you're too scared to be a business owner, let's say you're not ready, maybe you're still overwhelmed by it. There's different ways that you can say just from your nine to five. So one of the ways is itemized deductions. All right, so itemized deductions is going to be an opportunity for you to be able to save money on taxes. So itemized deductions are allowable deductions that the IRS gives you in order to be able to reduce your taxable income, right? If, if the itemized deductions exceeds or goes over what's called the standard deduction, standard deduction is what you get literally automatically for, right now it's about 12500 They just increased in 12550 but with the itemized deductions, there's five categories. I call the Mitch, kind of like my name, just to, to help the people remember. And it's a framework, right? There's, there's guesswork, there's hard work, and there's a framework. So I always like to give frameworks and acronyms. So the first one is medical expenses. So if you have medical expenses and they qualify for an itemized deduction, you could be able to deduct for that. You also have interest paid during the year. So interest paid, like let's say you own a home, mortgage interest is going to be something that you could deduct. Taxes paid. So property tax is going to be one of those taxes that you pay that you're able to take on as an itemized deduction. You have charitable contributions, so contributing to charities. There's going to be an opportunity. And the last one is what I call help. And help stand, it help relates to casualty losses. So let's say your house catches on fire, whatever the case is, so maybe you've got something stolen that's very valuable, then that could be a way for you to be able to itemize your deductions. But because they've increased the standard deduction, it's been becoming more difficult to be able to, to qualify for the itemized deduction, but it's still available to you. So you just always want to run both scenarios and see if that itemized is, exceeds the standard deduction. Amazing. So let's get to the uh, next steps for somebody with a nine to five job who may or may not have a business have decided to have a business to reduce their taxable income in 2022. Are there any new loopholes um, that have been uh, discovered in 2022. Yeah. So, yeah. So one of the things that they did, uh, one of the things that Biden actually implemented as part of the American rescue plan was he did increase child tax credits. So now you're able to, um, receive a bigger tax credit for, for having children, depending on the age, you get a little bit more or less, um, depending on your situation there. So that's one, one new thing they've, um, increased the standard deduction, but that's mostly because of inflation, as you can imagine, there's been um, some significant inflation over the past year. So that's been um, another benefit. I know uh, Biden's looking to this year, actually. So that's that's a great thing point to bring out too. So Biden's looking to make some significant ch- changes to the tax code, specifically for individuals making more than 400,000. That's generally who's gonna impact, but um, he did a- incorporate some new uh, incentives such as energy tax credits. So you have those incentives. So you wanna work with a tax professional and figure out if you could qualify for those. So those are a couple of new things that are being put out there to help people save money on taxes. 
Michelle, this has been amazing. In our next segment, we are going to talk about how to reduce your taxes as an investor and another one on how to reduce your taxes as a multi-million dollar entrepreneur. Thank you so much, Michelle, for being with us. And I'll catch you in our next episode of the Investiva Movement.